Just yes, yes, yo, welcome back. But you know how we do. Let's set the mood. Let's set the mood. That right there is the new song from Night Freak featuring M-O-L-E and Coco. That is Savior. You guys know we usually start the show, but because other people don't value, like there's, there's, a, there's a co-host of mine who doesn't care. Um, my man got his passport dinned out one time and was like, no, screw this podcast, I'm done. But you know what, it's fine. You know, we, we, we looked into the Rolodex. We looked into the black book and we found someone even more capable than him. Someone even more accomplished. If you're looking at the title of the episode, you already know who's here. But you know what? Let's not jump the gun. Let's 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 just do the formal intro. So I don't know if you if you're very familiar with this plot. Let me let me know. But let, let me let me run through the the rigmarole of the the beginning of our podcast. Well, first and foremost, are you good to go? Yes, I'm good to go. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, That's good it. to go. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> Let me hear a drum play. Water them, water them, water them, water them, water them. Season Zettel, Season Zettel, the listeners of the 2BT podcast coming to your air metal. We're back again. It's your boy Phil Chad, aka Flint Foster, Big Boss, aka Pizza P, aka Sex into Lovu, aka Phil on Musk, aka Filthy Phil, aka DJ Mkaradi, and of course, Shamwari! And the Tengere with Drinky. We're back again with another episode of Two Broke Trumbos. Dan is AWOL. And maybe he might not come back. You know, after this episode, we might not need him back. We'll find out. We've got a special, special, special guest in the building today. Thank you so much for joining us on short notice. First and foremost, who are you? And where are you from? <laughs> this well, is- I'm Marco and I'm from Zim. <laughs> What's up, Plot? Where in the world are you right now, bro? I'm currently in Germany. Aha! Did my my foreign detractor? All right, cool, 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 cool. What's the weather like over there, bro? It's it's winter now, huh? Uh, the weather is very cold. Uh, it's been cold, but it's slowly getting warm. Um, I think over the past few days, we start to see a bit of the sun. So it's the extreme opposite of what's like in Harare. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, European weather never agreed with me, bro. I, I hate Shena too much to live over there, bro. Because you get ash. You had the weather, like you had the cold. Ah, dude, I, me and the cold do not get along. Me and the cold do not get along. Mm-mm, I can't do it. 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 Anyway, that's not why people I mean, are here. I, 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 I have no choice, but I'm slowly getting used to it. <laughs> All right, all good, all good. In fact, before before we get into the, the nitty-gritties plot, why don't you give us a brief rundown for some of the, the listeners? There might be one or two of them who might not have come across your name, but I'm sure 
a lot of people who follow the the African, the Zim music scene are very familiar with their work. But just give us a brief outline of who Plot Marco is and what he's about. Uh, so Plot Marco is a cultural curator, cultural and a creative curator who's also making working as a media practitioner. Um, for the past 17 years, my work is involved around uh, the creative arts, um, the media, and youth culture. So I founded Jibilika in 2007. So this is our 17th anniversary. And through Jibilika, then gave birth to quite a lot of other initiatives, you know, the Zimi Pop Summit, Zim Dancer Summit, uh, Step Up to HIV program, Skate Zimbabwe, uh, Queer Enda Productions, which I'm a co-director, as well as my full International Festival of Dance, which I'm a, also a co-director, and Amplifier Festival, Eargrant Media, which is like the most recent baby, five-year-old. Um, mm. And yeah, so pretty much my work is the youth culture, I mean, and the youth and the arts. I mean, two-time U.S. alumni fellow, uh, actually three, four times rather. Yeah, I'm, I was actually skipping the other two. Yeah, Yali, IVOP, uh, ISPA twice, and I've been working and living in Germany for the past nine years, but keeping my ear on the ground. Mm, I see ear ground. Ah, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, a very accomplished person, a very knowledgeable individual. I think, um, I don't know, plot. What, do you want to do you want to start with general chit-chat or do you want to get into the burning issues? Because uh, when we got to this call, you were like, I don't feel like I've got something that's weighing on me right now, bro. Um, chit chat and general issues, maybe a mix, <laughs> a mix of the two. <laughs> I let's not let's not let's not get too heavy. So, I think in general, let's discuss like your journey. I think uh, there's a lot of crossover in some of the work that we've been doing, but mm-hmm. I- in your estimation, like as it stands now, wh- where do you see the current state of Zimbabwean entertainment? Well, I think we are at a moment, at a point where we are discovering, you know, we are in another like sort of self-discovery kind of moment um, where there is a new emergence of amazing new voices, new artists, new creatives. You know, if you look what's happening with fashion, uh, with the Fabric Party and the whole, you know, Fashion Week and if you look at theatre, you know, Zimbabwe Theatre Academy and if you look at uh, music, you know, we used to have two, three, four recording studios, but now we have more. Yes, we still don't have recording labels as such, but we have more players in the industry. There are now more radio stations and more TV stations. We just about eight years ago, 10 years ago, we had possibly not more than four radio stations. And now we have at least... Um, 17 main radio stations and then campus radio stations, so more than 20. And we have TV stations, about five of them. But I mean, we still find ourselves wanting because um, there is a disconnect. Many platforms, still limited voices that are getting access to like the mainstream. So uh, I think there is a conversation, there is a growth, there is so much that's happening within the creative space. People are starting to talk. I don't think the Leonard Dembos uh, and Chibaduras had the moment to actually converse about issues to do with intellectual property, copyrights, royalties and stuff. But now we start to see creatives talking about such things. So I think we are um, 
in a space where creatives are starting to wake up. Uh, not only once, but there's sort of an awakening that's happening and the drive to get global. Mm. So here's a, here's, here's a question. I think it's more theoretical than anything, but when, when, I, when I look at this, the stats in Zim, especially like with the proliferation of radio and TV stations, I think radio is a little easy because it's impervious to or, or more resistant to some of the issues we have vis-a-vis connectivity and power. But how many people, uh, like total addressable market, do you think are actually tuning into these new stations? And are these stations, do these stations have a business model that makes sense? Uh, I think the numbers, it's quite difficult to actually come up with numbers because we see with ZAMPs and other surveys, you know, they come up with numbers uh, which they can't completely validate. Um, so the TV stations right now, they cannot actually come up with figures how many people are watching them and if anybody's actually watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I bet a lot of the other TV stations, if not viewers, or very, very small amount of, you know, viewership. Um, because of how they are structured, because of the content, because of where they are broadcasting DSTV and so forth, where you've got 200 other options to watch better TV content, you know, and now people are exposed to online content. And with radio stations, um, we have more stations, but the narrative has really remained very narrow. The standard of broadcasting has really gone down. Um, The quality of journalism and, 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 and content creation on radio is going low. That's why um, you find very few voices that are broken through radio. You know, very few artists. At most, it's um, what's trending at one radio station is what's trending at other radio stations. You find variations in very, very few stations where you'd say, okay, um, Classics 263 and you'd say maybe Radio Zimbabwe National FM, but the other radio stations are trying to replicate social media at most. You know, they've become talk shows, so much talk about Mujolo, you know, our talk and stuff. And, and, and that has really, really brought the standard to a mediocre level where uh, anything goes on radio, you know, even vulgar goes on radio. Um, censorship no longer applies to X-rated music and stuff. Uh, so there's there's the depth of the conversation is starting to get more and more shallow, you know, with exceptions. There are stations that are really doing amazing. You know, you can listen to them and the content is educative, informative and empowering, but also entertaining. And you get stuff that will be like, oh, this is fresh. But the reproduction of social media is becoming a cancer for our radio stations and our media and stuff. So can you name these stations? Name, name and shame, please. Tell us, who is, who is this? Like the, the, the stations where you get... Um, well, let's start, let's start with the positive. You, you mentioned there's some stations that are doing some great work. Which radio stations would you say are doing uh, some of the great work you mentioned? Uh, Poly FM. This is a radio station run by students at Polytechnic. Mm-hmm. If you listen to their selection of music, the kind of research that they're doing, maybe because they're students, they're hungry, they are pushing more. Uh, I, I really like it. Um, a station like, uh, uh, you know, I like ZFM, um, though 
uh, at times I, I get too much of, you know, the international content from there. So I'll be craving and looking for Zim content. But you find some level of uh, excellence in terms of how the conversations are held, you know, uh, th- th- there's, there's a lot of effort. And then a station like uh, Sky's Metro, Mutare um, Diamond FM, you know, they, they, they really put in a bit of work, a lot of research and so forth. And some of these small community radio stations, they're also making effort, but they're not having a big listenership. But the other culprits, yo, yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't want to name them? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could name them. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've called them out like in public. I've said it. For example, Star FM. Um, Star FM is is really had its standards going down, you know, and 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 the reason why I'm saying this because if you listen to the dancehall show and the quality of dancehall artists that are coming through every week, and they're being hyped and they're singing crap, they're singing substandard. It's demo tapes, you know, and 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 a very very poor content. If you listen to the talk shows that they're having from morning to evening, they are talking. Talking endlessly, yes, they would say we well, know where it is the talk radio, but the conversation is some pastor who's coming through, some motivational speaker, it's uh, some Jolo guy, it's some uh, you know trivia conversation and stuff. It's, it's it's simply what has happened on Zim Celebs now finds its way as it is. I know I'm not taking anything away from Zim Celebs or somewhere, but it, mm-hmm. it finds its way straight to to, to radio, you know, uh, with Power FM. They they are doing well, but they're still stuck in the Eben Groups era, you know, in terms of how they're doing things. Um, they may need to up the game a bit and, and and improve on certain things, but they have an authentic feel still, you know, in the 2002, 2003 era. Um, and then if you look at a radio station like um, uh, the, 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 the Kulumani, you know, they're doing well, but you know, you get a feel of okay, it's Radio Zimbabwe combined with National FM, and the National FM as well, but they're failing to really evolve. Radio Zimbabwe has, I think, upheld the standard. What it stands for, the quality of the broadcasting, uh, the presenters, the research, is connected to people. It's the most listened to radio station in the country, and they have remained true to their standard. Mm. Okay. I'm 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 taking in what you've said and um I think it's not necessarily a counterpoint, but I think I've also the observation I'm seeing here is I think the effects of obviously economic incentives, but particularly economic incentives in this environment that we're in. So like you mentioned Poly FM, which is essentially a student run community station. They don't have any economic incentives because it's supposed to be an onboarding and training platform for the, our next broadcasters, right? Um, Sky's yes. Metro and Diamond FM, those are smaller regional. They're essentially commercial community stations, but they are subsidized by their parent companies. In this case, well, Sky's Metro would be independent, but Diamond FM would be via Zim Papers, which is ironic because yeah. Zim Papers, um, the, the, the crown jewel being Star FM, I think it's also simply because of the fact that you've got to balance income and expenditure. As someone who's also on the marketing side of it, commercial radio stations live and die on on marketing revenue. 
the budgets that are being spent on marketing, if I were to compare them pre-COVID and, and post-COVID, like now, not, not, not even accounting for what's happening with the economy and everything else, it's night and day. So I can sometimes sympathize with these stations and also why I'm asking if their business models make sense. Because if your advertisers are coming to you, and let me not mention names, but I know some big brands, um, stock brands listed on the stock market for an above the line campaign or mass media campaign, they might have $50,000, right? And they might run that 50, let's just say that they run that $50,000 for a quarter. If I'm Star FM, when I start looking at rentals, when I start looking at equipment, wear and tear, getting new equipment so that I stay up to date, salaries, overheads, broadcasting rights, licensing fees to Simura, ETC, it's a drop in the bucket. And how many and how many big fish are you able to to capture in a quarter? And I think that's another issue that Zimbabweans are struck not just in Zimbabwe, but I think globally, but more so here because the margins are so fine. If you look at what's happening in America, um, iHeartMedia, biggest biggest radio conglomerate in the world. I think last yeah. last, last I checked, they were a billion in debt. I'll, 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 actually, uh-huh. I'll actually just confirm now. And they're investing heavily into satellite radio, into podcasting, but it's this, pretty much the same thing. And syndication. So you now have like the Breakfast Club. I think the Breakfast Club is, is in 40 markets across America, mm-hmm. which means all the radio, local radio hosts who are doing that slot all lost their jobs. So it's great for Charlemagne and DJ Envy because they, they get a bigger audience, but it's terrible for the community stations in those areas. And I think we're, we're dealing with the same effects of it here. So I can definitely understand. And I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, like the quality of content and relevance. I don't, I struggle to remember, maybe you can remind me like the last big music related radio event was not like a sensational yeah, interview yeah. Or, or whatever, but I'm just talking like, guys, last night, so and so was on Peter John's show. I got to see a freestyle. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, 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 I taped it. Sure, you know sure. what I mean? I don't yeah. know. Do you remember the last time that happened? Because I'm struggling to remember the last time that happened. Oh, it's, it's 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 been a long time because back then we didn't even know the faces of the DJs, right? Mm-hmm. So radio DJs were there. They they built brands from their voices, from their content. And there was no social media. Now they are competing for influencer positions. Maybe it's because of the survival, like you're saying. They also want to become MCs for events. They want to be seen. They want to create a brand endorsement and stuff. But to really have a show that you'd say this sticks out, wait to listen to this show. The last time I think it happened was when Zim Dancer blew up. I, no, no, no. I think my last experience for radio was um, DJ SK and Sokostina, the, the Love Lounge. And then after the Love Lounge, I think it was the So, so Avenue, with So Profound, right? Shows that I would religiously listen to. And then I used to listen to, you know, the, the, the Z Judgment Yard, the Zim Dancer show. And along the way, it got diluted. So, now, because we've got internet, I think the struggle for our radios is to try and create a balance. So, okay, now this is what's available. 
in the public domain on the internet? What is it that we could find that could in, in, engage and empower people or even interest people and advertisers that is not on the internet? And I think we have a million of these stories. We have a million of artists that could possibly give more value to radio. Where you listen to radio, you know if you love jazz, you have to go to this radio station. If you love this kind of music, if you love this kind of conversation, you go on this. Um, and 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 I think because it, we can't even remember how long it was, it speaks to how much of a disconnect that is growing between radio content and listenership, but also uh, taking cognizant the disruption that has been brought in by internet. Now we've got options. We can watch and listen to radio on demand. We can go on podcasts, you know, and, and listen to radio based on what we're interested in, you know. And for a nation like Zimbabwe, where it still has a low uh, usage of, 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 you know, digital penetration, not everyone has got access to internet. A very small fraction still has. I think radio still has an opportunity to be able to reach out to people and connect with millions in a way that would bring good revenue. Mm. I, I agree, and so in some instances, I disagree. I think radio, especially like a Radio Zimbabwe, or a classic 263, I think those audiences have, um, or, the, or those stations have solid audience bases. How much disposable mm. income do they have? Um, and I may even be arguing against myself because last year um, I, 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 I did a lot of mass, mass marketing campaigns, and there is a greater deal, there's a great amount of money in the mass market. There's a great amount of money in entry-level products. But because of everything else is happening in Zim, I'm not sure if A, the marketers and the radio stations and the people at the stations know how to convert that to, to sustain everything because everyone is just trying to, it feels, trying to produce content at the minimum viable product. They're trying to make it as cheap as possible, as quick as possible. So discuss the social media topics because that means your producer is not spending a day rehearsing topics. He's doing it in a couple of hours. That means that producer is probably producing for multiple shows. You, you, your stars aren't having to come in early to prepare because they just literally just sit down, read, read off the call sheet and go. So I, I, I definitely agree. I just, I don't know if the solution is, 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 is viable. Like if there's an actual tangible solution because at the end of the day, there's so many headwinds. I think there is there is a solution um, that could work that um, can be more hybrid. So, for example, if you look at how Ola Seven developed his podcast from radio, it became one of the most listened to platforms on radio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 the it was a combination of you know, social media and, and, and radio, right? And we could actually see the numbers, we could quantify, right? Uh, and I think it was more to do with the kind of conversations that he was creating and the interest that it people had. And a show like the platform on ZFM, right? Anyone who wants serious conversations, politics, business, they know they go on the platform, they listen to it religiously. And you knew at some point if you needed to experience unheard voices, you needed to check out backstage on ZFM, for example, right? Uh, 
And now, where I'm saying there, there, there is a big challenge in terms of the marketing that approaches that radio stations are using, they're still using the roadshow kind of approaches that were being used 10, 15 years ago, and things have changed. Um, and in terms of curation and programming, uh, there is not so much thought and research. Listen to the interviews. If you sit down and listen to an interview being done on um, Apple, on um, BBC, One Extra, or any other channels, of the same artist, your Davido, and the kind of questions that they would ask, the kind of research that the presenter does before they ask, you'd find it's more well thought, it's engaging, it's entertaining. You can listen to a David interview and actually enjoy it. But listen to an average interview in Zimbabwe, which is an artist, it leans towards something sensational. It leans towards, uh, you know, an artist can go on radio and when they leave, their image is tattered, is battered, right? There isn't much of, 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 of value that is, um, is, 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 is created. And so people know we get our value from this platform. So we'll put our value there. And even the advertisers, the marketers, they see where they get value. They say, look, can we put our money there on this platform or not? Should we put on this platform? Should we put on this program? We have seen what Podcast and Chill has done, right? And, and, and we've seen also programs, you know, on 702, on Metro FM. There are specific programs that we know that are doing so well, right, that have got high... Uh, ads, but in 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 Zoom, I think we've got a straight jacket approach in terms of our uh, content development, and in terms of right now, for example, uh, hip hop has been on a big, massive, massive growth in Zoom over the past year or two, and still, hip hop is still in finding a niche space like on radio stations, right? There's still limited space for hip hop. But Zim Dance, which has over the past five years gone down, still has three hours, uh, six hour, 12 hour uh, shows running prime time throughout the week. Right? So it's it, that ability to say, look, what's happening in terms of the creative and entertainment industry that we could tap into in terms of uh, approaches, in terms of styles. Look at even social media, how uh, posts are being created, right? If you read through social media posts for a radio station in Zimbabwe, you get a feeling that there's some other random blogger who's just blogging from the street or there's very few stuff. You can actually see the same story, written in the same way, same format, right? There isn't really much of an effort to say, look, you know what? We're going to be distinct in terms of our branding. We're going to be distinct in terms of how we're packaging, what we say, how we say things and so forth. That if people know that if they go on our particular station page, they will see this kind of compass. They will see this kind of uh, content. If you go on our Twitter or whatever, our level of engagement is up to this level. And people know that if you go here, you get legit stuff. All right. There's a lot to respond there. Um, I think like while you're talking, the first thing I did was actually I looked up DJ Ola's page and I think it, it bleeds into my other thing. I think I think we're in agreement with regards to the state of media and commentary and music, but I think um, where I see may see things differently, and let me know if I'm wrong, 
is with regards mm-hmm. to the economics of it or how these things can become economically viable. Um, I do have the advantage or the disadvantage, depending how you look at it, of of knowing or seeing what ad revenues look like in South Africa versus ad revenues in Zimbabwe. And because of a multitude of reasons, those are night and day. Um, so like even with Ola, excuse me, if I'm looking at the CPMs, if Ola had monet- is monetizing his page, um, and let's say he's doing a pre-roll, post-roll, and maybe two mid-rolls on his long-form ads, for, for Zim, we're probably looking at a cost per milli of about five, five, let's, let's be generous and let's just say like, I'm even now, this, yeah, let's just, let's just go $5. So he's done 7 million views. Seven, mm-hmm. 7 million divided by 1,000 is 7,000. 7 by 5. The, like if he was doing everything, right? Monetizing from day one, killing the game, running post pre-roll, mid-roll ads, He's looking at around 35,000 a year just in, in YouTube revenue. Now, if we, mm-hmm. if we break that down, 35,000 35, divided by 12, that's 3,000 a month. His, okay. his gross, but he's got, he's got a cameraman, he's got a switcher or technician, he's got an editor, he's got a studio, he's got microphones, he's got a sound desk, yes. he's got lighting, he's got to pay Zessa, he's got to travel to and from the studio, he's got to get wardrobe, he's got to get fuel. Like, yeah. even the best of our best, like, the, the numbers just aren't there. And I think we've got this, when Zimbabwe is in, 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 a, in a weird place for, for one, one, two things. One is 12, 12 million people maybe in the despair of 15 to 17 million people, we're a small population, one. Sure. Two is Shona has a small addressable audience. Yes, true. Ndebele has an advantage because it can tap into the Zulu-speaking market. Yes, but then you still have to overcome with xenophobia. So like when you deal with like, when you, men- you mentioned podcasting show, for example, Mac G, mm-hmm. even though I don't agree with this podcasting style, Mac G is tapping into an audience of around 20 million people. I'm already, because population of South Africa is 60, I'm already discounting for people that aren't in age, aren't in demographic. So like his total is is 20 million. Their spending power is 10 times that of Zimbabweans already. So, and because of digital, their systems being in place, ETC, ETC, it's easier for them to get access to revenue. I remember popping into one of the episodes and like just the amount of brands on that table alone dwarfs anything that we'd have in this country. So there's, there's opportunities to monetize there. He's got opportunities to monetize the YouTube creator platform. He's got opportunities to monetize through the TikTok creator platform. He's got opportunities to monetize um, because he's dealing directly with the brands as opposed to Zimbabwe. We are dealing with in-country brand offices who don't necessarily have authorization for all these forms. Multiple times, and that's an, that's an annoying thing that artists always have to deal with and start doing brand deals is, you might get a multinational and they'll take you to the marketing manager Zimbabwe. And then you'll find yeah. out that the marketing manager Zimbabwe doesn't have the authority to authorize this decision, digital or music or whatever brand rights or brand deals are negotiated by the regional head office, which is most likely in sure. South Africa. And that creates another, another set of issues. So like the, the first thing is, it's still, I still go back to, I don't know 
and I don't see how it's scalable. You're also speaking about journalism. If we, especially, let, 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 let's let's simplify it and say hip-hop journalism. So, where, who would you say are your top five Zim hip-hop journalists all time? Wow, top five Zim hip-hop journalists of all time. Mm-hmm. I would put um, Nabot Rizla. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have you. Hey, number uh, two. Wait, is this in order? No, not, not in order. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Not in order. Um, I would put um, there's a youngster called Takudzwa. You know, he's he's really he's fresh, but he's been writing dope stuff. Mm. Um, Who does he write for? Name. You say? Who does he write for? Uh, Zimsphere, and he's also written for Egon before, but he's written for Zimsphere. He's from uh, Rusape. He's he's amazing. Well thought, mm. like brilliant. Like you read his stuff, well thought out stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have uh, hey, for 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 hip hop. Um, wow, it's uh. So you, we know we only we only on three, huh? We only on three. You haven't got to five. Yeah, I only got three. It's it's difficult because some of them are just commenting, you know. But I would say, uh, for me. You and Nabot Rizla are people that I know who have consistently written and contributed towards the hip-hop narrative in terms of writing because your writings are not only limited to the local community. You know, I find your writings in other publications, you know, and the same is with Nabot Rizla. You know, you find his writings, you know, in in, in, in uh, the Hype magazine in other publications and stuff. But it, it the other... Writers, you can't take their stories elsewhere and say, okay, this is actually something to to look at, and you feel like, okay, it's oh, okay. I've, I've uh, there's um, uh, Ninja Rizzi, yeah, he's also a top writer. Mm-hmm. Ronald Magueta, yeah, he has done some good pieces on hip hop. Uh, he does this entertainment, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Um and and we else, yeah, no, not so many, so many, and um, the guys that did the platform magazine some years ago, uh, almost similar to the source and stuff, but it just happened a bit and then stopped. So I think we 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 have not so many journalists that are focused on either genres or art forms that really go in profoundly. In yeah. such a way that you'd say, "Wow, this is compelling read. This is something that I I would read, read, learn, and find worth out in what It's all stuff that we already know or recycled, or that has been shared on Facebook, you know. And I've stopped reading the newspaper, you know, for the longest of time because of that. And I think with, with that, that is exactly the the point I'm trying to drive home. So. With all, with all the names you mentioned, Naboth had another job that was financing his writing. Um, he was also subsidizing it with what he was doing with Hip Hop Ciphers, his clothing line, and the satellite radio gig he had. Me, same thing. Never really made money off hip hop. I was doing it for the passion. I was I was paying for, for that. Uh, Reezy, same thing. He was working. Uh, well, I guess he's left there now, so it's fine. He was working at Newsday, Alpha Media, that was his day yeah, job. So yeah. he was somewhat incentivized to cover it. 
because he was already in that field. And then it was just a short hop, skip and a jump. The stuff that doesn't get approved for the, 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 the publication at his day job would then go on to entertainment. And I think that's the problem is like, it's an ecosystem cannot function when members of that ecosystem cannot sustain themselves. It's, it's, it's not feasible. Mm, And especially in hip hop, it goes, goes, I remember way back when, um, when I wrote about this and I even got into it with, um, it was MC Porter. And then I think I'm forgetting the other guy. There were two other guys that were, that were commenting on Zim on music at the time. MC Porter did well. And my whole thing to them was, we can't continue to keep belittling the the Zim hip hop space even back then, because I was like, guys, I'll, I I've I've been to a studio session or I've seen what's going on in Harare, and I see what's going on in Johannesburg at the time. We're like we're worlds apart. We need to stop comparing ourselves to South Africa. The budgets, the resources, the access, the networks these people have compared to what you have in Zim, night and day. When you go into meetings or when you go to these brands, when you go to these radio stations or these TV stations or the DSPs or any of these platforms or, or labels, whatever that may be, they'll tell you straight up, we don't consider Zimbabwe a market. As a marketer myself, when I get spreadsheets from clients or partners who are dealing in Southern Africa, Zimbabwe is considered a province of South Africa or a province of Zambia. We're not considered our, our own country because we're that small of a market. And because of all these things, like it's not sustainable. Zim hip hop, I don't think in as much as some of the things he does irk me, I don't think Zim hip hop would be where it is today if it wasn't for Begotten Son. But all the stuff that Begotten Son right. does, that that phase from 2010 to like 2015, that was all subsidized by B-Sun. All the songs that were recorded at Olympus, he never, I don't think he's, he's seen, I don't know if he's seen a cent from those songs. I genuinely don't know. But what I do know is that man would open up his home, his studio, his equipment every day for nothing in return. If you look at the flip side, when was the last time you saw Xander? Wow, it's been a long time. And it's not a, that's, a that, time. that's not a shot to Xander. That's not a shot at all. It's just to drive home the point that, yo, Xander had a run. Like there was yeah. a time Xander, MMT, that whole wow. crew had a run but let's look at it now like what do they have to show for it you know and that's that's very true i mean just to jump in there i mean i've got i think i need to find a way to um document this and tell about my story say with earground and why with i did jibilika for all these years i didn't make money out of it you know, dancers came through, beatboxers and artists came through Jibilika, you know, gave platform to so many artists that became established and stuff. But I never made money. I was actually poor with Jibilika. But with Earground and what I've, I'm experiencing now, I had to quit my nine to five year in Germany to just focus on Earground, right? So it has become my main source of income. Like I literally come back to Zim because of eground and stuff. And what I've experienced and discovered in the journey is um, you need to create authenticity in terms of the story. Like I'm very opinionated. So in my personal space, I talk a lot and stuff. 
But I had to make sure that, look, the story, say, for, for Ear Ground is creative, cultural, and entertainment, purely. You don't find much other stuff, but it's mainly that. And it's not focusing on what's just trending because you want numbers and stuff, right? So from now, what I did is that I managed to leverage on the kind of content that I went to create without money, you know, getting on a combi, driving around Zimbabwe, recording podcasts with people at the combi station and whatnot, you know, getting into spaces where people don't get a chance to actually speak to the media, right? Uh, realizing that there's a diaspora community, let me start speaking to them, you know, tricking down yesterday legends and so forth. Let me write down stories. Like I wrote more than 800 articles on the Eagle website where the website has never paid us a cent. But I started thinking, where exactly can the money be? And I think that's where a lot of the media platforms need also to start thinking through. It's not everything that they would do that would bring money. So you've got maybe, I think from for Eagle, it's a small fraction of what we do that gives us money. But everything else that creates the traction, creates the visibility, creates the integrity, creates this and that. and Corporations, when Delta is doing its line like we know we get a contract from Delta. Or oh. when the European Film Festival is doing its festival, we literally speak to every ambassador. Uh, we document the festival, we do PR, we do this and that, and 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 and, and we package it and we bring it out, right? And when there is Magamba hosting Shoko Festival, we know that we get a budget from Magamba for us to actually do. PR for them. So it's 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 what um we have managed to develop as a business model to say where exactly is the money? Because we, we tried to actually charge artists to to pay for PR and we realized that, that they don't have money, they're poor. The few artists that afford are not willing to pay because they've got the numbers already. But in a year, I worked around it to make sure that look even those that have got the numbers, they would still need an external uh, PR platform. And last year, we managed to do that. You know, the other year, we did the Mustard Seed. We did uh, Freeman last year. We did a couple of other projects and stuff. So if I'm to look at the model that is being used, you know, just in 30 seconds, the model that is being used right now, everybody thinks that they're going to make money on YouTube. If I'm to add up the money that we've got on YouTube as Eagle, it doesn't add up to a thousand mm-hmm. for five years, right? Uh, Facebook, we're actually even not monetized. So we don't get money from streamings. We don't get money from... Our money comes from uh, corporations, from NGOs, from companies, from creatives, from different initiatives. And it's not just posting an advert. At times, it's curating content. It's, it's developing, understanding, okay, if it's visual art, if it's this and that. So I think you have to find your own niche. And for us, that niche alone gives us enough to sustain, to, to set up a space, to have a team, to do this and that. It's not enough, but we're slowly growing. But it, 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 it gave me a good reason to say, look, what I was getting from my job here in Germany doesn't you know, reach this level. So my income comes from Zimbabwe. When I have to fly back to Zimbabwe or travel, the money comes from Zim, right? Mm -hmm. Because of how we have... So there is stuff that we always 
will let pass. If something is trending and it's negative, it's whatever. The stuff that would not even touch. Why? Because we are very conscious of what's our market. And I think this is what a lot of the media platforms need to think. Who's our market? What's our product? Who's listening? What's our pricing? Like the full peers, you know, the marketing matrix. That's what people have to think about. It's not random. It's like, ah, you're trending and then we get money. Like right now people are fighting over copyrights. If you check how much money, what are the dynamics? Do they do split? Do they do that? So people are missing the business side of things. So I think to really think through the product, the place, the pricing, and and and, and lastly, if you check a lot of the content we are creating in Zim, if you're not least a showrunner person or understanding these micro conversations or micro whatever issues in Zim, you may not be able to get the context. Be it a skit, be it even an interview, be it whatever, a lot of it you get lost in space. But I can actually watch an interview on a Kenyan radio station. I can actually watch content from uh, Uganda and find it interesting. They put subtitles, which helps them. They, 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 they make their content not just very local. Even the text, listening to text from Davido's song, he is not talking about right? He's talking about his very Nigerian story, but he gives a very intentional, international context, wordplay, and so forth. It, 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 so I think our product is largely the issue. People in South Africa, uh, they will not consume much from Zimbabwe, but we consume from South Africa because of the language and so forth. But podcast might you, even if they bring a guest that we don't even know, we we'll still find that interesting. But our average um, influencer, our average skit makers, our average whatever, you listen to the stuff, you're like, ah, okay, where exactly is the joke? This is why I feel it has also conditioned the community, the consumers in Zimbabwe to mediocre in terms of what they appreciate. So anyone who does something intelligent, something good, if you put a stand-up comedian there, you may not get much, uh, Kandor does amazing stuff, but people may not easily connect, right? But somebody who does, you know, very, times very lame jokes and stuff, they will find a bigger audience. So this is why you'd find, uh, for platforms like Nama, They've got a category for skits this year, but they don't have something for stand-up comedy. So it's how we're curating our product, where we're taking our direction and what we think is important. Right. I think you you touched on the two hot topics of the day. I think let's start with the first one. Um. We've got uh, Charambas versus uh, Zim Danzo. <laughs> then we've got Zim Danzo versus itself with, with Kenako and Winky D. Um, yeah. We've got Gangster Made It calling out Saint Flo. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot going on right now. There's a lot going on from 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 your perspective, from your your side. What do you think is behind all this? I, I think it's a knowledge gap. Um, we, we've got a big knowledge gap in terms of us just understanding how things work. And having that knowledge gap, um, we then didn't have the appetite 
to actually have these conversations and talk about stuff, stuff that matter, you know, important stuff in our own spaces and stuff. So that sort of discrepancy is what has led us to here. If you see a big artist like Winky D getting a copyright strike, um, that raises the red flag at so many levels, right? If you see artists still struggling with like, hey, you uploaded my song, you took my beat, this and that, or I'm not getting anything from this. This means people are not even doing split sheets. And then if you see artists like Sekalas coming in and say, ah, ah, these new things to do with contracts and stuff, it's foreign, we should continue doing what we're doing, one love in the industry. Is this one love that has created uh, this mess where people thought they were doing each other a favor by getting on a collab without doing split sheets or an agreement, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's artists um, not realizing that the most important thing to your creation is the intellectual property. And a basic understanding of such is very important at all levels. And it's a subject that should be taught in primary school, should should be taught in secondary school, should be taught for every other program. Be people are doing accounting, being, doing whatever, people should actually be having a subject that touches on IP. You know? So I feel it's, it's, it's an awakening. Um, we're getting somewhere. It, 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 it just speaks about our current situation, but all of a sudden, uh, Charamba was being trolled by people saying, oh, he's trying to, uh, is jealousy about Jasek now. Then people realize that he's actually right, you know, and, and, and there's a bigger issue with copyrights in the country from film, theater, you name it. People need to actually have this conversation. So I would say for, for Zim Danso, right now, like I've said it on record, one of the biggest distributors of Zim Danso music, it's, it's, a, it's a Nigerian distributor, you know, and uh, who, 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 who managed to get the bigger part of the capital because people didn't really think through. So they do not have access to the dashboard uh, for their DSPs. And, 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 and it's a very, very uh, worrisome situation because um, people are still not taking this issue seriously. Mm. Yeah, I think you're... Sorry, you just triggered me by mentioning that that label. One day we'll talk about them, but today is not the day. Uh, <laughs> cool. Um, I think it was also just a, a, an issue of access to information. I think one of the things that also disadvantaged us is at the time globally, music particularly was switching to streaming and digital platforms. We were cool. somewhat closed off. Distributors, some I remember DistroKid. And I think CD Baby, up until I need to confirm the dates, but they didn't they didn't allow you to upload from Zimbabwe. You couldn't get paper from yeah. Zimbabwe, so you couldn't even receive payments. True. If True. you did want to receive payments, you then have to get a Payoneer card, find a third party, etc. etc. There were a lot of headaches in figuring out how to work around these systems. So it, it's not I, I don't think artists are, are all the way at fault, but I do think they obviously do at fault because it's their IP. The other thing that you had mentioned, which I want to go back to, I forgot to respond to, was you're talking about Zim Danso. Mm-hmm. Um. I think in as much as Zimbabwe is a broken market, when Zim leads, or rather when the the consumer base leads, brands follow. Mm -hmm. So the reason why Zim Dancehall is still getting pride of place on radio and all these places is Zim Dancehall still sells tickets. If a Zim Mm Dancehall, if Freeman did his album launch 
And Freeman has now graduated from dancehall to damn near pop act. Freeman's ticket launches, as the, some of the most expensive tickets, 150. He sold out on every tier. Did you see that setup? Sure. That was massive. From his, every year without fail, Winky D, it's, you can set your clock to it. I'm doing HICC New Year's Eve. And you, everyone knows I'm not going anywhere near Rotten Row because traffic is going to be a nightmare. Winky D will fill up that, that HICC without a shadow of a doubt. Nati O, even though he's starting to do more pop stuff, when, when Nat, Nati O was part of that, the Three Kings lineup, shut it down, plus his own solo shows, shut it down. He's doing incredible numbers. Zim Hip Hop Acts. Which Zim Hip Hop Act is shutting it down? I think now we're starting to get there. I'm, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to give Holy and Vaults another three to six months to tighten up their live act because yeah, they, they, yeah. they simply aren't there yet. And it's the same growing pain some of these Zim Dancer Like I remember going to Zim Dancer shows a decade ago and they were horrible, like Shinzo and Killer. True, true. Ah, it was, yeah. hey, it was, I was heartbroken. But it, they needed time to figure out how to put this, this set together. So they needed repeated bookings, and they simply haven't had that luxury. So as it stands, like right now, all the guys that we're talking about, even yeah. within that, how many of them can do a sixty to ninety minute set? Like. I will. I, I, yeah. I, I was seeing Saint Flo. Like no, no aspersions against Saint Flo. That's my boy. I actually bumped into him yeah. uh, a, a couple of days ago. But when he came out and he said, "Yo, my booking fee is six grand," the first thing is like, "Okay, okay." What are people that, paying for? No, not only what are people paying for. Who is paying that? Let, let's run the numbers because we. Okay. Okay. This, yeah, this, this is my day. This is this is my bread and butter. So I can immediately like blast six grand to go where? Which venue is booking you for six grand? And you got so I got, maybe you're doing city sports. Are you doing Tafara Stadium? Are you doing Alex Sports Club? Are you doing HICC? Okay, if you get booked at any of those things, which band are you coming out with? So maybe you might come out with Shabak. Bet. How many songs do you have to fill up a 60-minute set that, that will command that six grand? Because in Zimbabwe, six grand is A-lister, is A-lister booking yeah, fees. Yeah. So 60, what six songs are going to fill up a 60-minute set? You're not doing 90 minutes. What's the yeah. what's what's the 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 song that you're gonna perform is gonna tear the roof off that people are coming to see you for, right? Okay, damn, Bob Silas Bawende, Bob, but that's that's last year's heat. Well, the year before last now actually. Yeah, so yeah, really. so so that's the other thing is, like, but no, also now, it's a gift and a curse. That's a sad thing. Now let's think about it. If we're saying six thousand is a list money, and someone is on is on a podcast bragging about getting six thousand a show, to me, I'm saddened by that. And I don't think yeah. people are, are fleshing this out like six grand. Okay, let's let's do the numbers. In a busy weekend, how many sixty minute shows do you think any artist doesn't even have to be Saint Flo, just yeah, any yeah. artist at the peak, Freeman, Winky, Ja, anyone in a in a weekend, how many shows do you think they're doing? Like where they're getting maximum revenue? Uh, I think a maximum would be like three gigs. Um, yeah. Uh, or, but I know most do like one gig a week or two gigs. Uh, at their peak, maybe three gigs. Uh, JP at times, it stretches like four gigs and stuff. Um, yeah. Exactly. So if we do, if you do that, you're doing 18,000 a weekend. 
18,000, your manager's taking 20% off top. Bam. So that's 1.8. Well, no, 3.6 actually. So 3.6 down already, manager. Band, if you're doing Shabak, Shabak is a, if you're doing a six piece or the eight piece, how much How much are you paying Spirit and, and Co for that? They're probably taking maybe 20 to 30%. So let's say you're now down 40%. So let's say you're taking half. So of that 18,000, you've now got 9,000 in show revenue. But for that 9,000, you still got to figure out what to do about your tour van, what to do about yeah. your wardrobe, your rehearsal space, your equipment, your, yes. D, your DJ, or rather if you don't have a DJ with the band, that needs to be paid off. You then need to figure out how many how, how many of these resources you're allocating to brand building, ETC, ETC, ETC. Guys, we need to be honest with each other, bro. True. Yeah, I, I think there's no honesty in this. And, and, and I mean, when there isn't that honesty, uh, we're too scared and we have too many sacred uh, pieces in the industry to the extent that nobody can actually do um, a well-thought-out uh, critique or review of such, right? Um, and, and, and and do it in such a way that they're not called a hater. So it's, it's, it's difficult. Like, I'll tell you, for instance, when the whole Winky D uh, copyright issue happened, um, the moment I opened my mouth, starting to have the conversation about that, mm-hmm. and I realized that the legion of his fans uh, were already, you know, uh, after me. So we end up not talking about critical things because we're too scared to to, to, to touch certain people. We're too scared to... We're not ready for for, for for decent conversation. You start something, somebody can just drop an insult and stuff. So such things can go away and channel it. Um, but the reality then will prove you otherwise. But uh, look, you're, you're stretching, you're, you're lying there. All right. So before we skip over, tell us what, what were you trying? What, what's your take on the Winky D situation? No worry, none of his fans listen to this podcast. I'm telling you right now, none of them. Uh, I, I think you know what I, I've 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 also said it uh, on on numerous occasions that Winky D is amazing. Uh, he's super super amazing an artist, and he's one artist that I I love dearly. Like I listen to his music religiously, you know. Uh, but I feel he has outgrown his management, right? Um, long overgrown, outgrown his management to an extent where um, they a bit out, out, out of sync with what's happening with you know some of the issues and an issue like that one which almost took down his uh, YouTube account. He did received a third uh, strike. It is an issue that points to um, uh, you know a failure by management to resolve something. Uh, before it gets to that level. Uh, but even if you look at just the way these digital platforms are managed in terms of social media and stuff and what you could have done. Right now, I was looking at uh, my Madam Post. She's got 1.6 million followers on on, 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 on on Facebook. And Winky D is still like around 700,000 and stuff, less than a million. Freeman is more than a million. And if, if you look at these dynamics and the love that the artist has got locally, he has done everything that we can think of. He has won every award. He is, he is, he is, there's nothing for Winky to prove in Zimbabwe. And that creates an opportunity for him to actually prove and do something outside. And they know him. They speak about him. 
every Jamaican I've spoken to from Morgan Heritage to um Tanto Mentor Divante, you know, to 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 uh so many other you know reggae artists, you know, they know and they speak about Winky D when they mention Zimbabwe. And I'm like, with all of that leverage, why are you failing to capitalize on it? You know, to to build a strong social capital that is quantifiable, not fans that are just there to uh, be loud, but to literally say, we've got these numbers. If we've got such numbers, why are you not thinking of even filling up a national sports stadium? He could do that, right? easily do it. Because we see other artists where we're trying to compete with or um, relate with, they're actually doing that. You know, your Stone Boys, you know, your Pato Ranking and so forth. And some of these guys started music when Winky D was already a superstar, you know. So I, I feel that issue is a drop, it's sort of like um, a tip of an iceberg for things that Rasta could actually do differently. Remember, there was an impersonator who created an account, a fake account, and he collected money on behalf of Winky D and he was arrested two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, it only came to light when this guy accepted a car from a well-wisher, you know, on behalf of Winky D. And for things to get to that level, where you've got social accounts that are not official accounts that are actually more up-to-date, that are updating, that are doing this and that, they just need to get a digital someone who does their thing, you know, or to hire more people onto the team and so forth. But I understand also, you know, it needs to keep certain things private. And But um, my biggest fear, sorry to digress, my biggest fear with Winky is that now that he has got these challenges with the political messaging in his music, um, there is not going to have as many shows as possibly you would be having locally. And you could easily be then doing festivals and other things outside of the country. Uh, because I look at Mapumo, I look at other artists that got into a space where then there was a struggle with uh, uh, their expression versus, uh, uh, you know, airplay and other things. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the winky topic is, is obviously a tough one. I, I think, yeah, the last time I spoke of it, I think actually, um, yeah, you called me after it, actually, yeah. Um, and these are issues that have been longstanding. I'm I'm not going to speak too much of it because Banda, like him and I had a few conversations last year about a, a couple of things. Um, so I don't want to cast this person, but I do think that it's heartbreaking, but I think... This year, if Winky doesn't figure it out, I don't think, I don't, I don't think he's gonna expand beyond Zimbabwe. Um, and my biggest frustration has always been like, I was listening to Winky D before Pat Ranking was making music. I was listening to Winky D before Stoneboy. I was listening to Winky D, mm. Winky D b- before um, what's his name? Red Sun, um, there's the other dancehall yeah. artist from from Ghana. These guys, Shatawale, Shatawale, exactly. Um, and Winky has done that. I've seen I've seen Winky perform and scared the bejesus out of Tok. I've seen Winky perform and Beanie Man shout him out on the mic. I've seen 
Winky perform and Elephant Man shook. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like these stories are just going to stay with us. It's like folklore. You know what I mean? It's he, true, the, the world doesn't get to see it because sadly, because of everything that happened and everything that's been happening, there has been a lot of bullshit. Like while you're talking, I was just thinking about it. I was like, but for sure, Wingy launched an album January 1st. There's nothing on DSP still. Nothing. I remember last year, I won't get into the details, but um, a platform contacted me trying to get hold of Winky stuff. And they were trying to give him prominent placement because I'd also been like, shout guys, can you please help out uh, with some acts? They were like, bet, we got you. And it took me a long time to get that stuff. And it's the small things that, that lead to a big difference. And for an issue with Kenako, Kenako shut down seven years ago. Yeah. Seven, seven, seven. Like, why are you still having guns with the doctor from back then? You know what I mean? Yeah, true. And it's a it's a sad state of affairs, but I, I think it's unfortunate that this is what it's come to. And I also um I'm saddened by the fact that there's like there's a lack of education um on both fronts. I can understand hitting the, the mm. nuclear button, which is takedown. But if you have a legitimate claim to whatever intellectual property, right? It's an asset. That asset is out there generating revenue. The last thing I have to do, unless I just want to spite you, is stop my revenue generating asset yeah. from generating revenue. True. So I'd raise concerns. I'd strictly behind the scenes. Well, I can just do it. Because a DMCA, you do not need a lawyer to do a DMCA takedown notice. What you literally true. need to do true. Is go to YouTube and say, this is my property. It has been taken down. And out of an abundance of caution, and because YouTube does not have humans working there, they will take it down. Then you have to appeal to get your stuff back up. There's a reason why these songs are, are taken down of YouTube, but they're still available on DSPs. You can still find them on Apple and Spotify because the process is different because I don't believe, even within the takedown notices, people have the relevant paperwork to justify their case because this issue can easily just be resolved by going to Samro, going sure, to Capasso, sure. going to Zimura, saying, hey guys, yo, that song that's on YouTube, I'm the, I'm the owner, here's my documentation, please, can you send me the statements and reports, let me get my money. I don't need all this front-facing stuff on YouTube. Yeah, true. I literally just go to, hey, yo, yo, Capasso, here's, here's, here's the documentation, here's my spreadsheet, here's the agreement, ETC, ETC, I'm the legal owner of this. You guys can arbitrate Get whatever needs to be done. They'll come back. I bet we've decided the money's coming to you. But like it's, and I think in as much as I think it's the first, it's a necessary first step, but it's it's not a strategically sound step. A takedown notice does not solve your problems. It actually yeah, you're it, right there. It sure. actually all it does is it's going to annoy the person you are taking the song down. Now, the other thing. Artists, producers, labels, etc. You need to realize is if you start taking down people's music. If I'm known, like if if I feel Chad, I'm known for like yo. Whenever you piss off Phil, you don't do right by Phil. He's gonna take down your song. And let's say I'm even right in doing that. If I come to you and like yo, plus yeah. let's work on a song together. How keen are you gonna be able to work with me? Mm, not at all. <laughs> and not at all. I mean, you create bad reputation. And that's the issue a lot of these guys have. I mean, 
I was even looking at the other thing, which is a bit of a conflation, but I think it links to the, the warped views we have in this market. Is I was I was seeing it at a post by someone, and they were comparing. I think it was Vaults JT's Mukoma brand video views to Maglera Doughboy's new video views, and they were like, "Yo, Vaults JT is doing more numbers, so clearly the market is bigger." I was like, yeah, it doesn't work that way. It's just that the consumption patterns of Zimbabwean hip-hop fans skews heavily towards YouTube because that's where the majority of people get their content. But how much revenue is being generated from this? There's so much revenue that's being lost. Like, if why, why, one day when, and I can speak on it, when I tell you the numbers that I see about uncollected revenues from Zimbabwean ads, it's staggering. People are literally leaving houses uncollected and they are carrying on wow. with their lives unknown. Like literally. Wow. And it's heartbreaking. But I, you know, I detract. You know what? So I think let's put let's put a bow on the, the copyright issue. So, like in your estimation, of the of the stories that that have been in in the in the news recently, what do you think is A the main cause and what is the solution? Um, and I, I think that, yeah, yeah, the main cause is it, it's failure to understand um, how these the copyrights work. I mean, it's, it's it's a big topic that I think even uh, some of the best producers and people that have been in the industry may not easily understand overnight. And now, because of the digital platforms, uh, there are a lot of changes that are happening to sampling and other things and so forth. But I think there's need for continuous education. Uh, people need to continuously learn, attend workshops, learn, research online, find out. Uh, uh, and then also to start developing systems because as long as we don't have an ecosystem, a structured system where people say, look, these are the standards that we work with. I went to Zambia with Felinandi uh, last year to record a song with... Um, uh, Neo Slayer, one of the artists that was doing so well. And uh, I, we worked with uh, two producers, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when the two producers, before they started working, would agreed on how much money they needed to be paid and stuff. These guys then said, okay, we're going to have this contract. They had a contract with them. And they said, we're going to get this percentage. This is our, from our creative process of production, this percentage of royalties will be coming to us. So let's agree on that before we start recording. And I thought to myself, but we have paid, right? But I was like, yeah, you know, they're doing things professional. But in Zim, that can be easily turn off. People would like, ah, we're not going to work with you. I just don't put that my paper, right? So I think us adapting and adjusting, we're early adopters to a lot of things. So this conversation should mutate into a solution, a solution where people have got uh, an interest in knowing uh, the status of their intellectual property and being able to agree and being very clear about the value that they bring in. They're backing vocalists, they're playing an instrument, they're doing this and that, that they can actually collect money through passive means on so many other uh, projects that they would have put online. So uh, knowledge. At, at, at all levels and, 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 and people sharing that knowledge and um, doing away with ignorance because a lot of the ignorance that's what has been 
preferred by a lot of artists. Like, ah, we're just doing the way we're doing things. This is Zimbabwe, you know. Um, even when people started getting access to MasterCards and Visa cards, which are now easy with EcoCash, you can actually get a MasterCard, you know. A lot of banks, you can get a MasterCard. You can open a YouTube account and do this and that, right? Um, and monetize. It, it, it's simple knowledge like that to just say, look, if you've got an application, if you've got an a number, you have access to a MasterCard and you can simply do this and that. If people adjust and everybody starts creating better standards, I think it's going to force more people to say, we're going to do business differently because uh, this way of doing business is not going to take us anywhere far. But at the same time, it's going to create conflicts. But we're also not going to find easy collaboration or interaction with the outside world because their things are done according to these standards. I'll tell you, for instance, um, I was creating a lot of mediocre content, you know, when I started because I didn't know how to edit videos. I didn't know how to, the, the sound was bad and so forth. But now we have had to make deliberate steps to say, look, let's try to improve the sound. Let's try to improve the picture. Let's try to improve this and that, right? We're not there, but the intentional and, 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 and deliberate steps to actually say, we're going to do things this way. Let's improve. Let's do things like this. We help everybody. People will know, okay, you have to register with Zimura, right? And Zimura will know we have to try and engage with the artists and make them see that they have to register with us and this is how they benefit and so forth. Hmm. Yeah, I think ultimately it's it's about the thing that I'm struggling with, I'm sure you're struggling with as well, is like the bridge between yeah. theoretical and practical. Because until artists start actually seeing the benefit uh, of doing this, they, they, they're still going to take your shortcuts. And sadly, it, it's, it's a global phenomenon. Um, even even yeah, in the most developed markets, there's, the, the music industry is designed to be complicated and confusing. Um, so I do have um, a bit of understanding for artists because it's, it's convoluted. It's, it's extremely, extremely convoluted. But yeah. Hopefully you guys can solve that. But moving for on from that to a, to a lighter topic, you know, some, some chill, some, some easy. Let's talk about the Namas, you know? Uh, I don't know, Plot, I, I'm assuming since you were in Germany, you were not there? I wasn't there, but I was nominated. So I'm, mm. I'm an interested party. <laughs> so as, 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 a, as someone who was nominated, how did you see, well, did you watch, what was their live stream this year? Uh, there was no live stream. Uh, it was on um, uh, ZTN was broadcasting on uh, DSTV, so there was nothing online. Oh, you know what? I actually need to see when ZTN are airing. I'll see if I can try and record it. I was traveling over the weekend, but let's 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 do. You want to run through the winners, or do you want to go through the controversial stuff first? Uh, I think um, the the winners and. and Right. Then also cuts and control connects to the um, controversial parts, you know. Um, there are some winners that I feel, I mean, were more deserving. Um, you know, the likes of Ferdinandi, we saw what he did in terms of uh, music over the past year. Um, and the past two years, you know, very consistent work and stuff. Um, and then there was the outstanding female musician. And then if you look at 
I'm sending you Kama Kina, the music, uh, brilliant artist. I had to discover him after the, the Nama Awards, you know. Um, and then outstanding male musician, Enzo Aisha, worked hard. Yeah, he did He did well, I think, on the... How many singles did he drop that. this past year? You saying? How many singles did Enzo drop this last year? Singles. Mm. What project? Because well, I don't well, think he dropped, he dropped a project. Teaser, he dropped I don't know why. He dropped a couple of projects, I think about maybe six mm. or so. Mm. But I would have given it to Saint Flo. And I appreciate I love Saint. But Saint Flo, it, it was not just the music, but also just the narrative that surrounds him. He's a guy who came off drugs, went to rehab, came back, you know, took over the scene and so forth. And I think that would have gone far in terms of just sending the impact. And even the music itself was doing more. It was on one, 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 one by one, which is one of the biggest record on different radio stations. And I would say was the biggest song last year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we go to other art forms. You know, I'm more interested in dance. So when you look at dance, um, I've not seen dance production because I've worked in dance the longest. You know, I've done dance projects longer than anything else that I've done creative-wise. I've not seen quality productions or like a proper production being made from dance that is taught, that is done well, right, over the years. What we've seen are TikTok videos, small videos and so forth, music videos and so forth. So the quality of dance has really gone down. But what put my attention is, I think the most awarded dancer in the country who has got seven awards. Nothing, take, not to take anything away from him. He's brilliant, he's amazing. Every year he's getting to win. And this guy is also choreographing for NAMA. He works for JCMC, you know, when they're doing the NAMA Awards. Um, and he's winning other choreographer, he's winning other best dancer of, of, you know, for the year. And it raises, there are a lot of, the people that are winning NAMA dance, there are people that are working mainly with JCMC, which is the, so, which are the producers of NAMA. So in this so instance, you're talking I, about uh, Sean Mambwere. Yeah, Sean Mambwere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing dancer, brilliant. I mean, one of the dancers that I worked with for years, since 2009 and so forth. Uh, but I feel when you get to a point where you've won seven hours, it should also translate to the work that you've done um, and not just locally, you know. Uh, yeah, th- th- that, that, that raises a red flag, especially when dance is so diverse, but it's not only hip-hop dance, like so many dance types, traditional, contemporary, and so forth, right? And we've got dancers that are actually touring, you know. The Making of Men is is touring, which is an international production produced by Africa and Africalia and so forth. So such dynamics. And then when you move to, um, you know, some of the categories, for example, best radio journalist. And then you ask, is everybody a journalist or some are just presenters? So they may need to rename and rework some of this category. And then you find categories that had like only two nominees. Um, and then, uh you know, for poetry, I, I think that some very good work there. The poets that were awarded, you know, did in like so much work. Um, media-wise, this is where I was nominated. You know, I had my indifferent feelings there, but because I thought I was going to win. Um, mm. 
And then when it comes to music, and this is where it created, uh, okay, before music, if you look at screen TV shows and other things, and then the quality of the content is compared from one to the other, yeah, it, 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 it leaves you wanting to say, okay, where exactly are we? Uh, at, at this level, are we going to be able to make some productions that make it on Netflix, like after Cook Off and China, which is produced in South Africa and so forth, right? Um, and then outstanding diaspora is fine. There's a musician, there's a dancer, there's an actor, there's a visual artist there. How do you compare these artists? You know, mm-hmm. uh, they're doing different art forms, you know. And 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 Nama had announced that they are doing away with the media awards and only to resurface when they were announcing the nominees, right? Um, and the most controversial one that has been picked uh, has been the video, outstanding video. Uh, music video. Mm-hmm. And the video that one by Tatel Zinza and produced by Jonathan Samkang is still yet to be released into the public domain. But they, dro- the they dropped a, a snippet. A snippet was dropped it, on Sunday. So what do you mean? It's a snippet and they can't show us the whole video. They can't tell us what it's been shown. The audio still sits there to 1,000 something on YouTube. And I saw the debut director, the acting director today it pains at ZFM, you know, trying to explain that uh, apparently it was Jonathan who submitted, it was not Tato Zinza, and then uh, the video is said to have been shown at festival. Mention the festivals. It was shown at ABC festivals. Um, and, and, and if it's a video of the year, it, it means there's a component apart from quality and production or whatever, it should be in the public domain. There should also be um, a core relationship with how that video engaged with the masses and so forth. So uh, this is not the first time that it has happened, right? In 2011, a drama production won the best outstanding uh, TV drama production. Yet this drama had actually been turned down by ZBC. It had been turned down by ZBC for being poor. And, you know, it had been turned down. It didn't even play anyway. It had not been shown. And it's not the first time. There are so many anomalies that we can actually point through and through. And I don't know why Nama doesn't seem to learn, doesn't want to learn, doesn't want to change. The fact that they cannot tell us who are the adjudicators. They cannot tell us uh, the, 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 you know, if you are adjudicators for such a platform, at some point there should be some pride in saying, I was part of this, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel this was the lowest Nama ever in history. And it's something that they need to sit down and reflect and fix. Otherwise, um, we have seen the reduction in terms of big stars participating and attending the, the, the numbers. You know, Winky D, him and his manager were not even there, right? Um, artists like Only 10, we saw what they did. They walk away with nothing. Central, three nominees with all the work that is done. It doesn't get anything. Bebrakura Rorua released five weeks before the awards. Uh, nominations closed become song of the year and yeah so for me those are some of the gray areas that I feel they need to fix uh, to make the awards and even if you look at the quality of production the production in Arare and the production in Blawayo and all these complaints that are being brought in by people to say look you buzzed in a lot of people from Arare we didn't get a lot of you know, I think... talent and so forth and the quality of the red carpet there, the backdrop they could not even straighten it up and make it look nicer so I feel they have to work. I think I I I agree with you to agree, but I think also 
to be fair to the numbers and to shoot them, but sadly, I was trying to look up the, the rules. Their website is down. So, because I wanted to find, just to clarify if the works had to be in the public domain. But then, like with the music category, with music, because you you have so few awards, I think in total it's eight music awards on the night, correct? Like, you're going to struggle to fit everyone in. I think the Enzo nomination raises some eyebrows, but if you know how things, if you know how things are moving, you know how things operate, yeah, you'll understand why. Uh, we don't need to get into the specifics of that on this podcast, but it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. The I think the big thing was I think the Tashle when Zinza win in this day and age was just nonsensical, especially for a song. It's not like the song was caught like mid-review. This is this song dropped in the middle of last year. Like the project dropped in the middle of last year. So I I genuinely don't get nor do I understand that. But I also need to also I think in the interest of fairness, because also in the in our Patreon group. Uh, people were sure. talking about it, is because of the cost. We don't know what the bu- the budget that Jacaranda are working with the National Arts Council. Um, but if you are planning on doing an event in Bulawayo, for example, but all your infrastructure is in Harare, your rehearsal space, your choreographer, your team, etc., it just makes sense to have them work in Harare and then bus to Bulawayo. The alternative, having people it's- travel to Bulawayo to work with dancers in Bulawayo. And then and now you start the process from scratch. Now you've got to rehearse these dancers, train these dancers. Hopefully they get it within a couple of weeks. The costs become prohibitive because that's travel, that's accommodation for, for weeks on end. There's, there's only so much you can do. And it goes back to what, what, what was at the beginning of this conversation. The economics of this industry aren't making sense. Like, in as much as this is a subsidized event and a subsidized system, like, I don't know how far things can grow when people are like the expenses just are making sense for people, you know? So it's, it's a tough one all around. All right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I think t- to be honest, uh, I, I think St. Flo was robbed. I think, uh, if I'm, if I'm being honest, depending on whatever gauge these guys used, Chire Merera and One by One were way bigger songs, way, way bigger songs. Enzo dropped singles this past year. I think Saint Flo had such a massive 2022 that it carried over to 2023 that he definitely does. I think he he had a good solid shot for that. I'm not gonna push up against that. I think the other funny or the interesting thing here is we're talking about events earlier. Promoter of the year was Chipas. Would dance or not hip hop? Yeah, yeah, true, but. It's an interesting dynamic all around, but I don't know. So I think the other, the other, the other backstory for, for us uh, on the podcast is normally we'd obviously attend. Um, this year being Bulawayo, we just never got invited. I just never got invited, which was an interesting thing. So I was just like, but anyway, I'm, I'm busy that weekend plus the expenses. Dan was supposed to have gone, but then Dan had a flight. And then on during the week, I I had to have a meeting at the National Arts Council. And then only then and there when I was at the meeting did they offer me tickets, but I was like, okay, guys, this is Bulawai. It's not like I'm going to HICC. Yeah, true. You can't you can't let me know a day before and be like, yo, come through. I'm like, ah guys, it's it's, it's too late. And I think that also played a part in it. I don't know how many 
celebs or what the uptake is for celebs to attend because that's another thing that people need to consider when you are doing an award show out of town out of city out of country you it's it's on the organizers to ensure that the a list acts attend now do we yeah. know do we know for sure that everyone that attended had their travel and accommodation subsidized they might have had accommodation subsidized but was their travel subsidized that's a big yeah, big question does the national arts council have enough money to charter a whole fast jet flight to get people from Harare to Bulawayo or are they putting someone on a bus and if if I'm an A list act and you're telling me we're going to decrease a bus it's not aircon um, guys it's fine I'll just stay in Harare and make my money bro <laughs> yeah true <laughs> yeah true true so i mean this is this is down you know let's let's now move on from the depressing stuff let's talk about the positives which artists right now like give give me one artist that, that that's come up on the scene that you're feeling right now who, who are you vibing with right now um there's a lady called Mandy Away mhm yeah she's 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 uh she's doing she's doing amazing she's quite promising and i like uh uh what's his name it's called um uh precosh yeah case precosh is is dope k flow is doing well and bekwe dube brilliant artist uh blayo and uh mystery in tare is really really dope an artist and king musafa from Glendale, I would say he's one of the best reggae artists that we've got. Yeah, so these are the artists that I've been feeling of late and uh, that I think you've got something that's quite promising if they get the right kind of management and support. My dope, dope. I think we'll check out, man. So is that M-A-N-D-Y-A-H-W-E-E? Yes. Ah. Mandy Awey. So we'll check out we'll check out one I'll check out one of our joints after this. That's dope. You know, cool. let's see. We're supposed to have someone else join our call, but they they are now ignoring. Let, let me just try to give them a call because they were actually on ground at the numbers. I wanted to ask them some probing questions. Ah, uh, cool. Oh, there we go. Hello? Hello. Yeah. Good evening. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm all right. This is, you know, Sha, you're making us a big, big for this information. Like we're desperados. <laughs> Don't just beg you for any information now, man. Uh, 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 uh. Hmm. What's eh, happening? Eh, nothing much, Sam. You know, I'm just chilling here with my new podcast co-host, Plot. You know, we've decided to diversify. Is he your new co-host? Mm-hmm, yeah. Or you just, then he's just busy? Which no, one is Now he's been replaced. We had some contractual disagreements. He's a plan B. Mm, that's, <laughs> that's, Plot, you're a plan B, okay? Hey, what's up, Miss Red? <laughs> I, 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 I took this off ear ground, so I'm now, you know, one of the oh, broke no, no. twimbles. <laughs> well, well, well done. At least you know <laughs> where you're at in life. You're, you're a broke twimble. It's okay. So, uh, Miss Red, we, we saw some images and some videos of you scantily clad in Bulawayo. 
And what does casually clad mean? What kind of English is that? Please explain to me. Scand- salacious. Salacious. What salacious? Very un African. Just very un African. Oh, Zamu PF. So the Nama Awards were over this weekend and we saw that you were in attendance. Why don't we just, just, just get a temperature check from you? Um, after being in attendance and you've attended many awards before, how did these compare to the previous ones? And in, in general, how were they? I, I like how you say I was in attendance. I think that's what it is. I, I, I surely was just in attendance. It was, there was no razzle-dazzle, if I'm to be very honest. And the most disappointing part is because I know what Blaoyo is capable of. I don't know the back-end story or what was happening in the background, but when I when I actually booked my flights and I was getting ready to go, in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be the biggest thing in Zimbabwe for 2024 because I've seen how they do some of their events. So I, I, maybe I was very disappointed from that point of view uh, because maybe I had high expectations, but there's nothing really to go on about. To be quite honest with you, the red carpet was, it left a lot to be desired. And mm. and I like to be constructive with with my criticism. I don't like to, to just say ah and then we leave it there. Mm. I think there's so there's so much that can be done. And for me, because the last two years had been so great in terms of um, you know looking forward, which okay, fine, they've done better this year. And then the, mm. the year after they did it well. And then this year they just went so down. Mm. I I just wasn't as fit in it. You know, I, I really wasn't as fit in it. And in in terms of the adjudication of the awards, the, the organ. I mean, it's, it's, it's two different things altogether. Too many speeches. And I'd just like to, to just say this, and I've been saying this even on radio. I just believe we need to have a masterclass for our public officials or office holders. Goody. If you're going for an event ceremony, ain't nobody got time to be listening to your 30-minute speech. We don't care. At this point, you want to know who's winning what. Uh, we want to see Baba Harare on stage. We want to see MJ sing. That was that's what I was genuinely excited about. But we had like three or four back to back to back speeches, and I'm like, "Yo, man, we don't care." At this point, it 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 was just so unfortunate that you know people were just hyped about Babadari. I think he, he kicked. It. I think Babadari just performed, and then there was like back to back to back to back speeches, and I, I hey, yo, 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 yeah, it was painful. It was painful. Mm, so, so all in all, you 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 really had a good time. Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was great. Uh, no, I, I I thoroughly always enjoy my time in Zimbabwe, and I and I'll never take anything away from them. I I still believe that they are the cultural capital, uh, capital for us and culture in, in in Zimbabwe. But you know, I just don't think Nama did justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how they can make it better. I don't know if the the people who organized changed. I don't know what happened in the background. But it, it was just not, it was probably one of the worst ones. Yeah. I, I shared the same sentiment. I just looked at the backdrop uh, at the red carpet and I thought to myself, could somebody not straighten that up and just make it look nicer and tidier? And I didn't it think that. It was just a simple thing. Parts. It wasn't even complicated, eh? The, back, the backdrop just needed to be straightened. I, I don't know. I really don't know why we're still dealing with such basic things. I mean, it's a national event and it's done by the National Arts Council of Zimbabwe. It's not Phil Chad, Claude, and Miss Red getting together and saying, guys, get with them out. No. 
these guys yeah. are from the National Arts Council. Wait, what? So, what? Wait, 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 what? Just the future, don't they? You were. No, I'm saying with this, what just like in 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 when I na 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 plot go to again, that's why they didn't do that. Yeah, Linda Garongeka. I was sorry, Linda Garongeka. That's what I'm saying. We we could do something else. That's you know, astronomical. But I also maybe they have they have background issues that we don't know about and we're not privy to. So we can only say so much. But in terms of if we're just sticking to the awards, what I experienced, it, it really could it could have been a hundred times better. Yeah, no, definitely. I'd have to agree. Well, granted, I wasn't there. Yeah. But I think for yeah, I, I touched on it before, and I was just like pre-event. Um, as someone who's a, I would say an active member of the committee, as someone who's hosted your event before, like yeah. normal, normally feel ticket. Are you coming through? G, 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 ah, this it was, it was crickets. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm I'm not wanted anymore. But again, you know, that's what I was saying. There's there's been change of hands in terms of management or the people that I I don't know what happened. But I, if, if I'm if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I know. The former head of National Arts Council now moved and is now the uh, permanent secretary. Uh, there's a lot of acting people inside there, so so maybe that's also uh, just you know evident with the way things were organized. There there has been a change mm-hmm. of hand, so certain things may not have gone the way it would have happened last year because of that change of hand. Mm. I was gonna say, is a is is Napster still part of Jacaranda? Because I I think is he now not running? Um, what's it called? Is it Orchard? Dang it. Is it his own company? No, yeah. it, it, it's a, it's a, a, a ginger apple group, if I'm not mistaken. That's the name of it. So, but but I mean, he was part... always doing that. Nama was a secondary thing. He was doing it under JCMC, if I'm not mistaken. But he, I, I think he, he had uh, stepped away from it. And then I think maybe last minute he was called in. And this, please, I don't have confirmed uh, answers to this, but this is what I just said uh-huh. in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah people also go on and say, hey, no, it's just something that I heard. Just the rumor mill was saying. But I, I thoroughly believe that Napoleon knows how to do beautiful events. So maybe his touch wasn't there 100% throughout this. And maybe this is why it happened this way. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, are we looking forward to, in fact, before we even get there. So Sam, you're in attendance, you're in the crowd. Was there one award mm-hmm. that when it was handed out that the crowd was like, what? <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> It was a lot, and, and uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to keep on, you know, because I've, I've got a lot to say, but I just, I, I, I still have to work in this industry. So, you know, I don't want to be blackboard. No one listens to this podcast. No one listens to this podcast, please. No one listens to this podcast. No, it's a big, it's a big podcast. Don't underestimate your reach. <laughs> oh, thanks, Sam. Oh, I still so no. But okay, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Like, I'm I'm so deflated by by your comments. I I thought it was an exaggeration, and now I'm hearing from someone who is there. I'm like, oh lord. No, no, it, it really wasn't. Uh, but I mean, it's important to celebrate each other, to celebrate uh, the things that we're doing because we really have very little. Uh, in terms of my award ceremony in Zimbabwe. So when we can, we do. Uh, but I hope next year, maybe there'll be more sponsors. Maybe that's what they needed. Maybe they needed more money. Maybe they needed more time. Maybe they, I, I don't know. But something mm-hmm. wants to be like this. All right. Well, uh, at least we've heard it from the ground. Uh, Namas were a roaring success, thanks to... Yeah, they, they, they really were. Outstanding. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, thanks so much. We, we know you 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 you're busy, uh, and and I disturbed you, so we appreciate it. You know, but you know, uh, you know, we do team Jamembe. We stick together. No, always and forever. <laughs> and Claude, please, can you get a? I'm not just a badder. They put that there. Okay, then. Just make sure you send someone a bill. Hey, we will. I will. I will send. ทั้งสำหรับคนเดินจากทั้งสำหรับคนที่มาโอ้ว่าว่าฟังโอเคอีริบโบจอกบาร์ตเดินมาอยู่ที่ที่ที่ที่ที่ที่ที่ที่ที